Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. back to another episode of the kick and cover podcast um today we have coach gary mclaughlin um with bates uh with us today um coach has been on our youtube channel before uh he did clinic back in the spring for us um he's back to talk a little um fourth down mentality for special teams uh, but we're going to talk a couple other things first uh coach how you doing doing well man appreciate you having me on um you know, we've, we've talked before, uh, really appreciate you creating like this resource. I know I've watched a ton of the clinic videos, so, you know, appreciate a chance to, to kind of be able to give back to that. I, I, I appreciate what you do as well. Um, and, and we'll talk about what, what you're doing as well here in a minute. Uh, first, for people who don't know who you are, or kind of the path you took to get the baits, will you kind of explain that to them, kind of your general background? Yeah, no doubt. Um, grew up in Buffalo, New York. Um, coming out of high school, I was an okay high school football player, but I got into my dream school, um, which was Syracuse University. Um, after that, that was, that was kind of it. I was going there, and I really had in my head that I was going to be, be Rudy um, going out there and being able to play for my dream school. Didn't end up working out that way, probably for the best, considering some of the guys that were on that team. Um, but I just bothered everybody who was basically, you know, somewhat affiliated with the program. And eventually they allowed me to be a, a student equipment manager, which was a pretty cool deal. Um, got my foot in the door, ended up kind of being promoted through that program um, from video to recruiting. Eventually was a student assistant coach. After, or just prior to my graduation there, I had always worked a bunch of camps during the summer and things like that. Uh, Buffalo State, which was right close to where I grew up, ended up having a coaching vacancy, was able to go there and be a part of the staff there, was there for four years. Moved on from there to the University of New Haven, then Wagner College, and I was fortunate, our wide receiver coach at Wagner took the offensive coordinator job here and he was able to bring me with him. Uh, started out as the running back coach, co-special teams coordinator. My first year at Wagner in 2018, was promoted to special teams coordinator in 2019, and now I got moved to the other side of the ball, so now I'm coaching defensive line as well as the special teams coordinator at Bates. Awesome, coach. Um, and kind of the first thing I want to hit on with you, for people who don't know, um, you also run the Teams Talk um, Twitter page and kind of all the stuff that they do. Do you want to kind of explain what Teams Talk is uh, for a lot of the special teams coaches that listen to this who may not be aware of it? It's a great resource for special teams coaches. For sure. Um, it's kind of funny how it started in the off season following my first season here. Um, for anybody who doesn't know about the NASCAC, we have kind of an interesting setup where we don't have spring football, we don't have on the road recruiting, and I was just kind of like, what am I, what am I going to do with myself? So I ended up starting this Twitter account just as a way to kind of connect with other coaches and, and be able to learn more about it, um, especially when I didn't have, like, my personal development of being able to coach guys, like, find a way to, to kind of fill that void. Uh, and it, it, it took off. It was neat. You know, I just started out tweeting out little drills and doing chats and stuff on there. And especially once the pandemic hit, you know, I kind of had this built-in audience already. I was like, why don't I just do something more with this? So it started out, and especially if you go through the archives, you can find like a ton of really cool drill videos I got from guys just right after basically everything hit. I just hit up basically everybody who was a follower of Team Sock. I just said, hey, we're doing these little mini clinics. Send me a two, three, four minute video of a drill or a technique. 
and you know had a great response there and just dropped them all you know the first few Tuesdays of the lockdown and it was really really neat and, and helped it grow and then I decided to kind of pivot to more of a true clinic one hour format and if you check out our YouTube page all that stuff's on there as well um, recorded most of them you know a couple guys didn't want to have the the stuff out there because they're head coach or whatever else which is obviously totally understandable but we were able to have some awesome clinics over there and then through you know being able to meet a few different guys you know I had the idea to do a, a special team certification really um, that was spearheaded by Jeff Reinbold who's been a really awesome resource for me through this whole thing he's a 40-year coaching veteran he's currently with the Tiger Cats um, in the Canadian Football League the Hamilton Tiger Cats but he's also you know been all over the place in FBS football been in NFL Europe he was a CFL head coach and we created a special team certification and that is basically just a holistic approach to special teams especially if you're a newer special teams guy or just want to learn um, that's available for, for purchase. And you can go on our Twitter page or teamstalkcert.com. That's T-E-A-M-S-T-A-L-K-C-E-R-T.com um, to, to be able to find out more about that. But that was a, a really cool project. And again, just something to, to keep me learning, keep me involved. And, you know, if you can make a couple extra bucks on the side, it's not the worst thing either um but it's it's kind of funny i just started it you know without necessarily really a plan for it even just to kind of see where it went and it's it's been neat to to see it take off a little bit here yeah and also for coaches um his twitter uh the teams talk twitter the um teams talk website for the certification and um coaches youtube where, where several of those clinics are placed will also be in the bio as well um, and obviously it's on our screen at this very moment. Um, like I said, check, check it out. It's, it's a great resource for coach, for special teams coaches. Um, again, here, his contact information is also on the screen. We'll be in the bio, whatever's kind of easier for coaches to get a hold of. Um, and, and to this point, coach Reinbold is, um, a, a great resource. I've not had personally had the opportunity to talk to him yet. Um, but uh, coach has been around at a variety of colleges, like I say, he's up in Canada right now. Um, I, again, I saw some of the clips from it. It, it. it is a great resource for coaches to use, um, and I encourage all of you to kind of uh, take an opportunity to look at it. Um, next Appreciate thing, that plug, man. No, no problem. I don't, hey, no problem at all. Next thing I did want to hit with you, though, um, I, ha I had – there will probably be about five or six episodes difference between you and Woody Belevins, but in the real world – um, I talked to him about two weeks ago and um, Woody talked a little bit I think on the podcast a little bit off about kind of using you were one of his re you kind of were all resource for each other because um, you all kind of got the job your y'all job respective jobs roughly at the same time give or take a couple months year whatever um, and you guys had a group text with each other and I want to kind of talk to you how, how helpful was that for you to have have other special teams guys in that you could you were just texting like okay how does this work how does that work and then how much would you recommend that to special teams guys if they know some dudes to have something like that set up yeah I think that's what it's all about man I mean you know when, when we get a little bit more into this like very little original thought from from me in here like there are a lot of people who are way smarter than me so finding a way to, to steal whatever you can from, from guys who have been through it. You know, a lot of people have been through a lot of trial and error. So if there's any way for me to, to skip that part, that's what I'm going to try to do. And like I said, find people who, who are smarter and more experienced than me. And, you know, Woody's definitely smarter. Um, he's an unbelievable football coach, you know, in terms of plugging people, you know, I definitely recommend if you can find any of his clinics or anything like that. Um, you know, he's a guy, so he actually worked with our offensive line coach in New Haven who introduced us. And he's a guy who I just really respect it as a, as a teacher of the game, first and foremost. I think that's, you know, even before you talk about any of the scheme stuff, I think that's why I've taken the most from, from him personally. Um, and, you know, as well as kind of an outside the box thinker when it comes to some of the schematic things. 
So he's been really, really good. And, you know, find some, some guys that you know and some guys that you respect. Like one thing that I've definitely learned through this whole deal is, you know, people are really open and willing to, to talk to people who are passionate and interested. So, you know, even if you don't know a guy, but you know something about him and, you know, maybe you've seen their film or you've seen them on TV and you're interested in it, man, it doesn't hurt to shoot a DM or an email. You, yeah. you never know what can happen. The worst thing that, that happens is you don't get a response back and you're just in the same place that, that you were before that. So definitely encourage people. I mean, reach out. There are a lot of, there are a lot of good people who coach um, who, are, who are more than willing to help. So, you know, definitely, you know, starting anything like that, I think is helpful. Oh, hundred percent. Like, I mean, that's how, I mean, that's how I got with you and a bunch of other guys on my YouTube channel and even the stuff that I haven't posted that were private stuff. Like some of the um, coaches at like Tulane and stuff, like, um, like I said, I mean, it doesn't hurt to send DM. Most coaches, it, I mean, we'll reach back out to you and at least say yay or nay. And a lot of them are good guys. I mean, like yourself, um, like, uh, the, I really, and we talked before we came on, both Blevins brothers are fantastic. Woody and Buddy, but um, yeah, it's just fantastic. And like, I, I, as you were talking, I was double checking through your um, YouTube list and I'm like, well, like, like Damaro Wheeler and Jared Kite, I mean, we're guys I've had on this channel who are just great guys who usually get back to people um, on top of that list um, and kind of go from there. Um, kind of where I wanted to swing this next, and I know you've given like this full presentation before, we, we've talked about that, but I, I want to talk more fourth down mentality today and kind of um, not everything we're going to have on this podcast is X and O's. Um, I think actually, and I've talked like two prior episodes where we've talked just preparation and kind of scouting and mentality, like everybody approaches a little differently. And I think that's also always interesting. And if there's anything like pick one or two things from, I think that's extremely important. And um, so I, if you wouldn't mind just starting kind of talking fourth down mentality. And then if I have any kind of like little things, I'll, I'll jump in, ask some questions and we can kind of go from there, coach. Yeah. Um, you know, fourth down mentality for me, it kind of hatched out of my brain from, you know, thinking about the way that guys would approach offense or defense on a fourth down, which is, you know, they're going to be up for that play. That's one of the biggest plays of the ball game, right? You know, possession of the balls on the line, you're a receiver, you're, you're walking up to the line, you make sure you got your gloves on really tight. You're going to be in a great stance. You're going to be locked in um, with great detail and effort to what your assignment is. And, and you're trying to make a, a big play to, to save the game there. And that's the approach that I try to get my guys to have. And what I believe leads to success on fourth downs in the kicking game. Um, you know, I think it's, it's something that, that a lot of guys have said, but, but it's really true. You know, you really got one shot at it unlike offense or defense where, you know, you have second down, you know, or, you know, defense, you, you have a, you have another first down to, to get it right. You know, you got one shot on special teams. Um, and, and really something that I did for all my units and in a bunch of different ways. And, and this is something that I stole directly from Woody is make a, a big three. And so the big three of how we approached that fourth down play is with maniacal effort, first and foremost. You know, everybody says effort. I wanted to add a little little something extra onto it. Like, we got to be, like, a little bit crazy the way that, that we approach this. We got to play unbelievably hard on these downs because, again, of how important they are. We got to approach with incredible detail. And, you know, some of the techniques are a little bit different than you would use on offense or defense. And I think even bigger than that, there's so many – wacky rules and situations and things that, that guys need to really understand and be able to master to be effective special teams players and to be an effective special teams unit. That detail is so important. And then energy. You know, we want to have a lot of juice and we want to be the most excited unit to come out and play. So, and, and you can see on the top there, like our edge is going to be that we care more, period. Like I, I can't guarantee that our guys are going to always be the most talented group that's going to take the field, the, the biggest, the strongest, the fastest, but God damn it, we are going to care a whole hell of a lot. And we're going to care more than another team, be more excited to play 
and we're going to gain our edge that way. Um, and I, I think in special teams, more than more than any other facet of the game, you know, you can gain something that way. I think everybody puts a lot into their offense and their defense. You know, their units that ah, special teams is kind of a secondary um, thought for them. No, like this is a primary objective is to win the fourth down. So that's kind of our whole overlying philosophy with everything that we do on special teams. And I think that's – and honestly, out of that list, I think, I think the one thing that gets missed most is the detail aspect. I think especially at the high school level, my experience watching teams and being a part of some teams, like the, the level of detail on special teams isn't always there. It's kind of like just a, a play to get to the next – to either to get to offense or defense, not, oh, we can steal some hidden yards here or – we can get the ball back here or just et cetera from there. It's just like, it, it's just an underlooked thing. And, and it's just, yeah, I just think it's a lost art. And that's part of the reason why I started this podcast. And that's part of the reason why I like your YouTube channel. And I like um, t- look, c- catching you on Teams Talk. And I called a couple of your Teams Talk stuff in the spring. Um, I, I remember uh, listening to um, – God, who the Akron's special teams coordinator on some yes. stuff. God, he was fantastic. Um, He's excellent. Oh, yeah. And so, I mean, yeah, that's just my two cents on that. So, Coach, I mean, so, well, what are we heading next with fourth down mentality? That's <laughs> Sure. I, I think a big part of it for me is make sure you're making it fun um, for the guys. You know, put the, put the fun and fundamental here. Um, a big thing that I always – I'm very cognizant of as I'm teaching and as I'm creating my plans for, for my meetings, my, my kind of lesson plans, is I want to be very consistent with my message, but not stale. Yeah. Find the same way or find different ways, excuse me, to give the same message. Because I know for us, we have guys from all different kinds of backgrounds. So the way that one guy on our team receives a certain amount of information or a certain type of information isn't going to be translated the same in their brain as it is for somebody else. And it might not sink in or hit the, hit the same with different guys um, unless you're able to give, again, that same message in different ways. I think it's really important to be giving that same message, like repetition is the mother of learning, right? Um, but again, to be able to get it in ways that'll get through to, you know, all the different personalities that you have on, on the team, you know, and, and as a special teams coordinator, you're, co- you're talking to the entire team, right? So, you know, being able to communicate that stuff effectively, I think is really important. Um, you know, I always make sure that I'm practicing what I preach. So, you know, in terms of reflecting that fourth down mentality, we want, you know, I'm going to have maniacal effort. I'm going to have great detail. I'm going to have great energy every single damn day in the meeting room, on the field, in the office. Um, you know, anytime I, I interact with our guys, because, you know, the second that I lose that is, is the second that I lose the, the team. Um, once I'm demanding things out of them that I'm not willing to do myself, you know, I, I know, shoot, when I was in a position as a player, when I saw that, you know, my eyes would roll in the back of my head and, you know, I, I would stop paying attention. Like, All right, yeah, coach, got you. Um, so being in a leadership position like that, I always want to make sure I'm practicing what I preach and, you know, I'm not afraid to get a little bit weird too. Um, I think anybody who knows me knows I'm a little bit of a strange guy. So, um, I'm always going to play to my personality. Um, I think, you know, all different types of styles as a coach, can be really effective. I, I've seen awesome coaches who are really loud or in your face. Um, I've seen really good coaches who are very quiet, more calculated and, and all that stuff. I think the common thread with the, with the really great coaches out there is that they're true to who they are. So I'm always going to be true to who I am. And I also think being a little bit different, being a little bit funky, I think helps um, – our guys remember this stuff. So like over on the right there, this is one example. Um, we did a game of Jeopardy for during camp for kind of some of the weird rules on special teams. And like, to me, that could be the, 
worst, most dry meeting in the world if you're just like reading off the, the damn rule book. But we did all these different weird rules and situations that come up. I had a couple guys who, you know, whose personalities kind of lent themselves to, um, to that and, and could take a joke who are our three contestants for that. And, and that was a lot of fun. It ended up being a, a cool meeting. I think I gained greater retention from our group by presenting the information in a little bit of a unique way there. Um, you know, another way that, that I've done it is we had a Halloween meeting um, last year in 2019. We also have 6 a.m. meetings. So I'm always trying to find different ways to juice the guys up, you know, playing music, all that stuff. But, you know, for this one, I was like, well, I'll, I'll dress up as a damn mascot <laughs> for it. So when we actually did the meeting, I, I took the mascot head off. Um, but it was a good way to, to just wake the guys up. And you could definitely tell that, that they were a little more locked in, let them, let them, have, a, let them have a laugh. And I'm certainly never afraid to be the, the butt of the joke either. Um, so it was, it was good. And especially like, you know, I, I'm, I'm very demanding. I, I get on our guys. Um, so it's good for them to see the other side of it too. Like if you're not just some dude in a windbreaker who's screaming at them all the time, but you have, like they can see you're a real human being with a personality, you know, I think when you do get on them, that makes it that much more effective. Um, and then we've incentivized stuff too. So, so this right here, and you can, you know, this is, this picture is right here as well. So, I told our guys that the first guy who blocked a punt for me as a special teams coordinator was going to get his picture on my desk for the rest of my career. Um, so that was it. That was Liam Splane, first ever punt block for us versus Williams. Um, you know, I've done other things where this year I told them if we scored two special teams touchdowns in one game, I'd get a tattoo uh, with our black ops is what we called ourselves as special teams with the numbers of the two guys who scored the touchdown on it. Um, unfortunately, didn't get that one, but shoot, I'd be willing to do it if we could get it done. So some some goofy things like that, and we'll kind of – I don't know if you want to talk more about that. There's that that is – coming up here. I don't know if the tattoo might be a little extreme for me. I have tattoos, but <laughs> getting, getting – yeah, that's – I don't know if my wife would be very happy about that one. Um, I do love the, the 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 plaque on the desk. I do love. I mean, I I never thought to dress up for a coach's meeting, but uh, a player coach's meeting, but that is fantastic. I, I mean, I, I like. I mean, but you're not like. I remember who was I talking to the other day that like. Oh, it was a, my first podcast with Nick Bolliard. He talked about how uh, he called his like pup block unit like the milkshake unit. Because every anytime they got a, a pump block, they got milkshakes. Um, oh. and, and then, like, obviously, Woody has his. I mean, you've retweeted that probably like three or four times by now. The the cowbell yelling. Yeah. I, I loved it. Like that's it's stuff like that that's great. And um, like our offense coordinator, I, I've talked about it on our my other podcast. Uh, he'd get um, it for like just to highlight blocking on the offense. Doesn't matter the position. They get Scooby snacks for um, anytime they got like a big block. That, like it doesn't have to be like a killer. It doesn't have to be. It can be backside sprinting up the safety, getting a key block there, like stuff like that. And I think anytime you can incentivize, especially um, at smaller schools or high school, I, I think that's even better. And I mean, you know, as I do, it's creating special teams buy-in is probably the most important thing. You gotta find a way to do it because it's not a, a position. Uh, you're not. It's not necessarily the part of football everybody thinks about or is going to be on ESPN every day. Usually, if it's on ESPN, something's gone wrong. Um, I, I, I was watched. I got sent something earlier with uh, oh, it was that Auburn uh, high school game where that punt got blocked um, last week in the state championship game. Like this team's um, okay. I didn't see it, but Auburn was up like 28-17 with like a minute 10 left. They get a punt blocked. They scooped and scored. Onside kick was recovered. Um, and then they got they tried to throw Hail Mary pass interference. They kick a field goal for a win. So Auburn blows a 28. Auburn High School blew a 28-17 lead uh, with a minute 10 left because of 
three of the four plays that made it were special teams plays. An onside kick, a punt block, and a field goal swung the game in, in to win. And that and I think also kind of going back to that, it shows how important special teams is. Punt block and an onside kick, I mean, you, you swung the game in a minute, 10 seconds. So, um, yeah, that's kind of my two cents on that coach. And But to kind of go back to, to your uh, – the milkshake thing um, kind of – spark my brain on it um you know some of the other things that, that we've done what i did as a running back coach which i really liked um, is i gave our guys candy bars if they fooled the camera on a fake do one so whether it was a play action or a you know they're you know it was a zone read and now they're they're trying to pull the guy because we rip and run opposite whenever the ball got pulled i like doing that in particular um, because first of all, like that's a totally selfless act, right? Like, you know, it's great if you run for a hundred yards and, and all that stuff, but everybody wants to do that anyway. You know, I wanted to reward them for something that, you know, nobody was really going to see unless they were in our room and, and watching the film. Um, and, and it takes some effort. It takes them being like thoughtful in that area. And I think that translates to other things. And the other thing was, um, you know, with the, the blocks are, are cool and stuff like that, but it's 100% um, black and white. So yeah. does the camera get fooled or not? Like, it's really easy to, to quantitate it and say, okay, you fooled the camera. So now you get the candy bar. Okay, you didn't. So as much as I can, I want to make those things not in the gray area. Because then the, you know, depending on your kids, like, you know, they might twist and be like, ah, coach doesn't like me. That's why I didn't get in. That's, you know, one more thing they can gripe about. Like yeah. if I can make it as black and white as possible, you know, that's always, um, you know, something that I strive for. So, you know, that's, that's kind of my two cents on the incentivization piece. No, that, that's awesome coach. And like I said, I, I'm with you 100% there. And anytime we can find new ways to incentivize our kids and get great buy-in, I think is a great idea. Yeah. And, um, you know, you can go into some of the other ways that, that we quantitate things. Like, I think one of the unique things with, with special teams is, like, offense, defense, you can see the, the total yardage and the points and stuff like that. And, you know, that gives you a pretty good measure of where you're at. Like, special teams, I think the box score does, box score does a really poor job of telling you like who won and lost on special teams. You know, there's some things that you can get out of it or even for your whole season statistics, I think can sometimes be misleading, you know, particularly like punt return and, and things like that. Like I really like using our hidden yardage stat. And then the other two that we track throughout the course of the year are explosives and tackles. So you'll kind of see what I mean here on this next one. So. This is from, this is what we put up in the room for our Sunday meetings, um, you know, every week after the game. So this is something that the guys can get a look at before I even start the meeting here. Um, so the way that we work it is, so you see Pride and Joy, Block Party, those are our punt unit is Pride and Joy, Block Party is Punt Return. Yeah. So... What I did is I took the number of the average net punt in Division Three football, which was a little bit over 31. And then I just rounded, I said 30, round number. So our goal is to always net more than 30 yeah. on punt. And then our goal of our punt block is to um, net less than 30. So what we do is we take it and, for example, there, like we netted 36 on a punt. That was a plus six. Yeah. You know, another one was a 29. That's a minus one. Add all those up, and then you get the, the 20 number on the bottom there. You know, same thing with block party. They netted a 35. That's a minus five. Then how we do explosives is if it's a plus 30, that's an explosive play for us. If it's a negative 30, then that's an explosive against us 
you know, just happened to pick a game here where we didn't get any explosives and we hit, and we made two. Um, you know, funny how that works. Spirit Clinic talks um, <laughs> here, but certainly not all the games looked like that last year. And then for kickoff, and which is Cabo for us, and then house call, which is kickoff return, we just took the minus 25 okay. as, as that because that's where you get the ball on a um, kickoff. And then the other thing I should say, if we gained the ball, we took the ball away in a situation where we were expecting to give the other team the ball, like you see on that kickoff play, you know, a, a takeaway for us is an automatic plus 30, just like if we were to – muff a punt on punt return, that would be an automatic minus 30. So, you know, okay. those also count in your explosive total as well. Then you can see on the bottom there, you, you have your tackles. You know, we put the penalties out there, the positives, the negatives. Um, so they can kind of get like the big picture. But, you know, the biggest thing that I look for is where our explosives at and then what's our plus minus as well as our win loss. Like as I went through the year, um, you know, this is a good way where you can keep these numbers and they're pretty easy to do. You know, it's a little bit of extra work for sure, but, you know, I, I don't think it's overly um, work intensive. And it gives you a really good snapshot of where you are with the units. I, I changed the way I was calling, particularly on our punt, actually, uh, the game based on, you know, how we were doing with one way of blocking versus another and one way of covering and our formations and stuff like that. One way was, was way better for us than another. So, I ended up skewing way more um, the other way as we went through the season. Um, so it, it's, it's a very easy way to kind of quantitate how you're being successful as a full unit. And it's, again, good for the players to see because it's black and white, it's numbers, it doesn't lie. Like they can see exactly where we stand. And I thought it was really cool because as the season went, um, you know, you could tell that they were really buying into it because they would start to ask me, you know, Sunday morning before we even got in the meeting, like, oh, what's, what's a hidden yard look like? And they really knew it. Like, you could ask them, like, hey, what's our, you know, what's what's the mark for, for hidden yardage for punt? They're like, we want a net more than 30. So I, I thought I thought that was pretty good because I think sometimes, and, and, and no shade, a lot of guys who are better coaches than me making a lot more money than me do this. Um, but I think sometimes the huge goal boards – like are just like the players don't know that like know what's really on that you know what I mean like give them something that that's really small and they can really wrap their brains around and as much as you can can kind of encompass what your goals would be with, with which I think is this you know if you give them nine different things to think about I, I don't know how many of them are really going to know that and be able to you know, wrap their arms around it. While, while this, we want to be in the plus for hidden yardage and we want to have one more explosive than they do. You know, those are our goals, simply put. Um, if we can do that, we're putting our team in a position to win the game, period. Well, that's one thing I've been looking at, like, cause I, I've been retooling my special teams playbook the past couple weeks, starting to mess with that and looking at goals. And, and I thought about that last year too. It's like, I mean, it's nice to have a big goal board. I'm not saying it isn't and it's good for you. Um, but even when, like, me and my DC talk, like, we only want, like, three three to five things on there. We don't want nine to 15 things per unit. Like, it just gets too clustered where if I have three, like, here are the outlines, like, when they hit a yardage. And then there's, like, subcategories under that. Kids don't need to remember every subcategory. They have an idea of what that is just based off, but, like, do we want to hit a yardage? Okay, and then they'll ask questions off that. And I think that's a – a better way to look at it and I kind of agree with you on that aspect and I love how you have it broken down and like that's one thing I'm gonna start breaking down here soon is like and I need to do a better job as the season goes on but obviously COVID is just kind of a mess this fall um, right. is who's making the tackles where on special teams in my system like that's something I need to do a better job breaking down and like that's what I'm looking at right here is like okay who made the tackles etc so yeah, I, I, I think it's – I mean, again, this goes back to where we started off our conversation detail. I think this is where a lot of – especially high school special teams coordinators lack is breaking down in depth where stuff is so they understand where the good is in your system and the bad is in your system and how it also can help create buy-in. No doubt. No so. question. Yeah, and, and like I said, like – 
simpler the better. If they can't say it back to you, I don't know how much value it has. Like some of it, you know, as coaches is good to track and have an idea of kind of separate from the players, but in terms of stuff that you present to them, you know, I think it just needs to be stuff that, that they can really, you know, wrap their arms around and, and know and own. Uh, but like I said, those are, those are just my two cents there. Um, the other thing that we do is three stars of the game. So, you know, we have our special team MVP, um, like anybody else, and give them the T-shirt and stuff like that. But in addition to that, like, I wanted to make sure we rewarded guys who maybe had, like, a super solid effort. Like, you know, the, the guy who blocks a punt is going to be the MVP, obviously. Yeah. But if, you know, like the guy in the bottom – you know, was a, was a high effort starter on three different units, threw some nice blocks, but, you know, probably isn't going to be the guy that'll get your MVP, but, you know, at least he can be a guy who gets, you know, a little bit of recognition. So what we do with these guys is, you know, and, and we have like kind of these absurdly dramatic headshots here. So I like putting them up because they, they end up getting made fun of a little bit, which is, which is fun. Um, but, you know, the other thing, you know, we have the, the hidden yardage on the projector. And then the other thing on the, on the wall of the meeting room is the picture action shots of the three guys who made the three stars of the game. So you can see that right there. And then this is the second slide that we show on Sunday. So they, they walk in and they already like know kind of what happened and you know, who did well and stuff like that. And then we kind of get into the why during the course of the meeting, but that almost gets that part of it out. And again, like for a guy who did a really good job on special teams, it's good for them to get the recognition. And then under that, I hung a running tally of all the people that won three stars. Okay. So then they could kind of compete. Like, hey, I won it, you know, it's week eight. I won it three times and Johnny won it twice. Well, now, you know, the, the other guys working to, working to catch him. And then at the end of the year, anybody who won it once, I took out for dinner. Okay. So, you know, just another way to, to kind of incentivize it there. I know that's a little more of a gray area, kind of like we talked about before, but yeah, you know, yeah just finding ways. Um, and then the other thing is we had the block party wall of fame as well, which anybody who blocks a punt gets their picture up there too. It was basically one section of the wall had the three stars and then the other section had the uh, wall of fame, which, which we were fortunate enough to put four guys up on this past year so you know just another way to to get that visual of them always looking at stuff and I think you know if, if you can find ways where you know they can get the get the message whether it's on a t-shirt or it's something you hang on the wall you know that they can look at and keep seeing and keep getting hit over the head with it and again repetitions of mother learning like that really helps you out no that's great coach and I, I didn't even think about the three like have three stars of the like, I like that a lot. I might steal that right there. I like that you have a little honorable mention section underneath of it. Kind of yeah. close, but not, not enough. And, like, but, again, that's again you're still being able to recognize them a little bit, too, at the same time. That, oh, yeah, you had – you weren't, like, one of the stars of the game, but you also had good effort. Um, I think that's fantastic. And um, getting stuff on the walls. And, I, I, again, it goes back to our incentive conversation. You rank this, you get dinner at the end of the year. Um, Speaking of which, I still have my long snapper, a meal, um, for helping me out earlier in the year. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's fantastic. I don't have really much to add to that other than that's fantastic. I'm going to steal that. Perfect. Yeah. No, that's something I got just from, from being around hockey. Like, that, that's something that they always, always do after hockey games. So, I, I kind of took that there. Um, so, for in terms of, like, you know, you kind of saw it before – you know, we name our units, um, you know, to kind of try to describe something about them. Again, pride and joy, like punt, that's our baby. We got to take care of it. We got to do a great job on it. Fastest way to lose a game is on the punt team. So block party, high energy, you know, all that type of stuff. Those are really the two units that we're going to have. And then we have a big three. And again, this is stolen directly from Woodrow Blevins. Um, I don't know if his first his, the long version of his first name is really Woodrow, but it, it sounds good. Sounds good. Um, but from, <laughs> from, from Woody, um, you know, the big three informs players how to plan each unit. If you want to put in your kind of a funny story, um, I presented actually this presentation at the, the New York State Football Coaches Convention or Clinic, rather, 
um, in February. And the keynote speaker was Craig Chiano, and he went uh, right before me. I like to say that Coach Chiano uh, opened for me, um, <laughs> although that's not, not exactly accurate. Um, Modern details. But, you know, I had this whole spiel in it, and he gets up on the stage, and he talks about this for 15 minutes. It was, it, it was pretty cool. And, like, the analogy that he drew, which I've, not, which I've since stolen um, and didn't think of, but, you know, he talked about, like, you know, when you remembered phone numbers when, when you were younger, when that was a, that was a thing. Like, and I, it was funny because it was exactly the way that I did it, is you, you can memorize the first three and then the, you know, next four. Yeah. And I always, and, and what he did too, is he just remembered the, you know, jersey numbers of, of two players. So, like, being a guy from Buffalo would be, you know, Bruce Smith, Andre Reid. But you could always stick those three, yeah. those first three in your brain because the brain works in threes, and that's always something that, that I had heard, you know, coming up in coaching. Scott Schaefer, um, you know, who's the, the defensive coordinator in middle of Tennessee now, was our defensive coordinator at Syracuse, was the head coach for, for a few years after that as well. You know, he was, he was really the guy who brought me into coaching, and that was always a huge thing for him is, is you know, the power of three. So, yeah. you know, and especially when Woody kind of introduced me to that, like, that made – so much sense to me and some of the, you know, I've really taken and run with. Um, and, and this is kind of, this is a huge one for me. Um, in terms of the rules of engagement. So when I physically engage an opposing player, like these are the rules that we use to win this. And, you know, there's certainly smaller details in this, but I really believe that like these three things are, the broad strokes uh, of how you win any of these. And if you do all three of them, you got a shot. Yeah. So hairline to chin of the opposing player, basically saying get low, but I, I like this because it's a little more descriptive, right? You know, your hairline to his chin, like my hairline's a little bit higher than it used to be. Um, but, <laughs> you know, you can, you can throw that in there and that's getting low. Yeah. Moving feet. And the other thing we say is, Running feet equals violence on contact. Yeah. So you move your feet when you when you create that contact, and then tight hands. We want to have our hands inside. And I think if you break that down in any part of the game, right? You talk about kickoff. You're you're going to to bully the opposing blocker. You want your hairline on his chin, right? You want your feet moving. You want those hands tight so you can get them extended and get them off. You tackle hairline to chin. Move your feet. Tight hands coming up through it. Kickoff return, very different type of block or very different type of movement, but still, you want to be low on the guy. You want your feet to be shuffling and moving as you're making that contact. You still want your damn hands tight. You're running the ball. Yeah. You're coming up to the tackler. You want your hairline to his chin. You want to be lower than him. You want your feet running through that fucking guy's soft shoulder, and you want your hands tight from a ball security standpoint. So, like, I, I like this just because it, it gives them, like I said, the broad strokes and they can kind of grade themselves as they go through all this thing. And, again, we got we to gotta color in the lines when it comes to the specific details and specific techniques. But, like, as just a quick bang, bang, bang bullet point of what we can give guys to, to make them successful in those situations that obviously, you know, the whole game is made up of. You know, to give them these three things, I think is something that's that's pretty powerful, pretty cool. Well, um, the thing I like about the hairline to chin right there is, and to your point, like it's it's better than saying get low because the problem with get low is there's about 18 different ways kids will get low, and usually they're not good ways to put you in good football position. So, like I, I I'm with you there. I think I think I like that hairline to chin. It sounds it sounds a lot better. It kind of gives you more of a picture of where and how you should move. Right. And it's also, you have to get low relative to the guy you're going against. Yeah. Like, you know, low for one guy is not low for another guy. So it gives you that real target. And again, if he gets low, I gotta get lower. So, you know, it gives you that more specific target. Another one that I heard that, that I like, this is just, you know, I, I think there are a lot of different ways you can say this, but eyes through his chin, you know, and there are a lot of different ways to do it, but I like, you know, the more specific and detailed you can be coming back to, you know, the big three of the fourth down mentality, number two detail, 
like, you know, the more detailed and specific you can be with, with these, um, you know, I think the better off you're going to be. That's fantastic, Coach. Um, and then, like, you have some of, the, some of the ones for our specific units. So this is for pride and joy. And, and I think it, it all depends on what your scheme is, right? Um, so for pride and joy, we are a big shift motion operation for our punt team. So tempo is first number one. We want to create an up-tempo snap on a special teams play, make a team adjust on the fly. We think that's a huge advantage for, for the way that we do things. We want to strike, right? Coming off the ball and fucking striking the opponent on your block on the front line. If you're in the shield, we want to strike that motherfucker when he gets to you. Um, you know, when we get the opportunity to put the ball on the ground, we want to strike through that. Um, the strike is a big part of that. And then leverage in our cover lanes as we get down. So, and we have this, you know, for all our other different teams. Um, I think the one other thing that's important actually, um, that kind of goes along with that too, yeah. is every drill that we do, they know that they're doing a tempo drill, a strike drill, or a leverage drill. Okay. And it's the same with other units. Like this is, we, we just kind of walk through, tempo walk through. So they're doing the, the shift at speed. This is actually against scouts. But first we do it on air. So they get the, the tempo aspect of it. Then again, scouts. Then you see it in a game. Um, you know, the other part, this is our, our strike circuit here or our, our strike pods. Yeah. So we have snapper, punter, shield. They're all going together. Punters are working on striking the ball. Shield are working on striking an opponent. Frontline and Vipers, they're working on their – the frontline and our Viper is working on their first um, – punch the viper is what we call our adjuster i don't know down brown calls you know his guy a viper and i figured i'm a northeast football coach so i ought to steal something from coach brown there um and then the gunners are working on their releases and stuff like that everybody seems to you know be a be a down brown disciple you can see the gunners working their thing up top this is just our, our strike drill right here again just working those moving feet Hairline to chin, tight hands. I'll kind of fly through this um, just so you can guys get the idea. And then, you know, game example here, you can see the, the shift and all that. But, you know, again, working the strike with the guards there. Boom. Tearing off all that good stuff. Um, there's another good one. And, again, hairline to chin, moving feet, tight hands. We want to run through those blocks and then tear him off as he comes back out. You know, the, the two guards here, again, are, are the guys who are, are really good for us here in this one, particularly our right guard. Um, now for the shield, the one thing, um, and again, I, I don't want to take too much time in this because I know we kind of got to fly here, but um, the shield, I like throwing a medicine ball at him because that creates that timing that really lets him strike it, and it gives him, like, them having to block something that's kind of hefty and moving at speed, but we obviously aren't trying to just impale our shield with dudes. <laughs> um, so like, cause I mean, like that's, that's one of the hard things about coaching a shield punt is you got to get creative with the ways that you get those guys the reps. Cause to get them a true full speed rep, and especially to do it in a repetitive fashion against another human being, if he's really going full speed, like <laughs> that's a great recipe to get somebody hurt. Yeah. So, you know, finding a way to give them something that's coming fast that they need to strike tight, um, that, that has some heft to it, but won't actually risk injury, I think is really important. So we throw this medicine ball at them. So working on the timing of the strike, the punter sucks this year. Um, he should be, working into this crease, but you kind of get the example or the idea, excuse me, of how we're trying to strike that football there. So now there's nobody coming out of the A-gaps, guy outside. Here it is for our rugby, you get the idea. There's some game examples. And then this is our leverage drill, um, just how we work that. But in terms of block party, our big three are a line, get off, finish right line up just like you know you saw of us 
multiple formations, all that stuff, uh, multiple shifts, multiple motions. You know, we play against a fair number of teams that, you know, are pretty multiple with the way that, that they align. So we need to be really attentive to the details of how we're lining up versus every different formation that we might see that week. You know, if we can't get ourselves lined up, we have no shot at being able to be successful on this team. Get off. Yeah. Like, we need to get off the damn ball. Um, as soon as that thing twitches, we're going. And that's whether we're blocking the guy on the other side of the line of scrimmage or we're going after getting a block. Um, so the get off is really, really critical for us. And, like, I think one of the interesting things about punt return is there are a lot of parallels to other things in the game of football with almost every other part of special teams. Um, the finish on punt block, whether you're blocking the punt or you're making a block, I think are, are pretty unique and different yeah, to this unit. So, you know, really concentrating on the finish piece. Um, so from an alignment standpoint, like we just do walkthroughs, we don't really have any film of this, but you know, what, one thing that we'll do is we'll show them like the screenshot of the opposing team's looks. So you can see this is a look number one from whatever opponent this is. And then we'll give them the percentage. You're going, you're going to get this formation 74% of the time out of this team. And then as much as I can, if there's a team that will kind of give them a similar look to what we will typically give, which is everybody up coming after it, um, we'll show them that as well just so you can get an idea. And then we give them, like, versus every different formation. I didn't put all of them in here, but, like, this is our base call or their, our base block, rather. Um, versus that look so that they get all those visuals and then we walk through all that stuff during practice. So this is our circuit. And, you know, I think you need to be a little bit different with how you break up the individual drills um, by unit because on punt and kickoff return, your jobs are very different yeah. depending on who you're working with, who you're talking about. Um, however, on punt block and kick off. Like I think, you know, the um, skills are, are, or at least the skills that all 10 guys outside of the returner on punt block and the kickoff, um, you know, your kicker on kickoff are all very similar. So, you know, we drill these in more of a circuit fashion. So, you know, we split these up and we make sure the guys know like, this drill and this drill here are working on number two, which is the get off portion of it. Okay, this is for a block. This is this is to block the punt, rather. This is to block the man. Yeah. And then this and this are for the finish portion. So this is to finish on the block. This is to um, finish. Sorry, I keep you know I keep saying block for both of these. Jesus. Um, this is to block the punt, this is to block the man. Yeah. Um, so as you go through it, this is just our mug. Again, we're looking to get off the ball, get into the guy, run in his near hip, all that good stuff. Again, don't want to take too much time going through it. But, you know, again, I'm just so huge on, on the point of getting off the ball with this stuff, and this is a good illustration of it. You see 33 and 5, they're really, really good at it. 85 and 9 are not good. And you can you can see the difference. Look at how 33 just drives this guy back and bullies him. Sell that you're rushing, right? So by the time the ball is kicked, now he's three, four yards in the backfield. Conversely. Yeah. And, you know, this is bad coaching. I get everybody on our units to be doing this all the time. Uh, but for whatever reason, 85 and 9, you know, didn't buy in as much. They just kind of – they kind of – hop they don't get off the ball and now their guys are buying so as the ball's kicked that's a difference of 15 yards right that's yeah. a difference of 15 yards that's a big difference right there but 37 5 like pretty good there um you know in this example we're again looking on this side here you can't see their numbers but number five and number six are the two guys that i i circled and the other part of it too like, if your guy goes to block somebody else, you're old. Yeah. Knock him down. Don't wait for him. Go win that. Um, you know, that's – you know, I, I love that right there. And, again, you know, by the time this ball is getting kicked, 
he's almost five yards behind the line of scrimmage, we're, which we're in great – we have a great shot right there. Now, I do have a quick question. For your punt block unit, do you care which – with you guys being in two points or modified two point, do you care what foot's up? Yes, outside foot. Okay, outside foot, okay. Outside foot. The two, two points for that. Um, one, if we're holding up, as we step, we're stepping to the guy – so we're able to really run through them, right? And then the other point is when we're rushing, now we can bend off the second step, right? Okay. So if it's a pro punt, I'm two steps off the field and then I'm bending. I also think you can take, it's a little bit easier to cock yourself in and run to the block point if you're in a two point stance or sorry, with the outside two point stance with the outside foot up rather than two point stance with the inside foot up there. Um, but you know, really, really for both reasons, I think it's better. And I kind of go back to like, you know, talking about the D line with the cover hand down, you know, and the inside foot down. Obviously, they're coming out of three point stances, but we want to be able to step direct and strike a blow by by stepping with that inside foot. I think it helps with that. All right, coach. Thank you. Yeah. And then this is our get off for our blocks now. And I really like, you know, if you're fortunate enough to, to have a guy to, to kind of simulate that snap, I like positioning myself like right here because our, our a big three that I didn't actually put here that we talk about with our guys in terms of blocking the punt is big eyes, accelerate, low hands. Those are, those are the three ones for me. So, you know, I want to see great get-offs here, but as they go to the finish, I'm looking to see if I can see his eyes and if he's accelerating through. Now, this guy does a poor job of really all three of them, right? I, I can't tell here, but it looks like he's looking up. Yeah. If your hands are out like this, you can't accelerate, right? Usain Bolt doesn't run 100 meters like this the whole time. <laughs> okay, you need to pump your damn arms to be able to get there. And then the other thing is the hands are really high. Yeah. So this allows me to see that really well. And then again, fortunately, because I have another guy run, I'm running the drill with, I can tell him to, to get reps while I'm going over and coaching this guy. From a stance standpoint, this is actually a guy who blocked three punts for us this year. Um, so he's really good at it. Um, but the biggest thing that we want is a little bit obstructed view. I think we have a couple of you guys with good stances here. But we want chest over knee, knee over toes. We want a lot of weight on that front foot. You can see how he's driving that back knee through coming up. And again, we don't want to be – it's a little bit different if it's a pro-pun scheme versus a shield scheme, but, you know, most people are facing shields. We want to be cocked in towards it. Right? We want to be running a direct line to that as much as we can, right? Short distance between two points is a straight line, especially, you know, when you're talking about blocking in front, a punt, the fractions of a second are the, are the deal. So all that's really important. So I just I, – I love his stance. I love his get-off, his upper body movement. He's maybe throwing his hands a little bit early for my liking. I think he could take two more steps before getting through there. Um, but that's certainly not bad. Um, you guys kind of get the idea of this drill. This is also something that we'll do, like, you know, the a thing that, like, always drives me insane is, and it's everywhere I've been, um, is the the damn scout look team it always always take a while so you know rather than just burning daylight out there waiting for those guys to get set up we'll actually steal like two minutes of an indie drill um so this is this is us just doing this we'll, we'll put the ones and the twos and they'll all get it in and then you can see the scouts are about ready to go um now the other um variation of this too for blocking a shield punt now is we put the shield up and our coaching point is that we want to trim fat off the shield, be really tight to it, okay? He should even be tighter as he's coming back through, okay? Because the backside of that shield, that shield will be leaning in, right? And you need to be as tight as you can to be able to get to that ball. If the shield's putting his arm out, chop down through, and you'll see a couple guys do that here. We've actually, I don't like that at all. Um, and we've actually changed the way that we're coaching that. What we're actually going to say is punch through the middle shield, four hands on the middle shield, right? Because you'll get those two guys through. So that if he leans way away from you, now you can get skinny and hit it, 
If not, you're just going to try to puncture him back and just throw his ass into the punter if you can. Yeah. But that'll help you basically. If you're throwing your hand towards his, towards his um, chest, he's leaning and blocking the other guy. Now we have a shot to be able to get skinny or shoot, we'll get two guys puncturing straight through him. Worst case scenario. And, you know, either, either we knock that guy out or we can knock him right back into the punter. Yeah. So that's not how we taught it this year. That is how we will teach it going forward, though. I am definitely still in this drill. I, like, in terms of getting skinny and for pump block, like, I, li- I like this and I like coming off the edge of the bags. Um, that's one thing I do need to do better a job at teaching. So I think this is fantastic, coach. Thank you. And yeah, you can see this really, um, I think we have a little, yeah. So this is the guy we're talking about. He's actually. I don't, I don't know if he got hard count or what here. He's kind of like leaning in his stance a little bit, but you can see he's still pretty damn good in terms of chest over knee, knee over toes. Yeah, okay, there's there's a spot shot I, I thought I had. And the funny story about this one is, you know, this is the first game of the year. He's actually the, he's, he's the guy in this picture right here. This is, this is his second one that he got, uh, but the first one of this year. And, you know, I call him up. We have a little huddle on the sideline, give him the call. He's like, Coach, watch this. This is how you block a punt. I was like, all right. <laughs> he comes out and watch him. There he is trimming the fat off the shield, right? Accelerate, low hands, big eyes, boom. Gets it. And then you can see him right here afterwards. Points over to me on the sideline, like I told you. <laughs> so that was pretty cool. Um, this is just the one that we work for the block point. Another coaching point is if you're filming on a on a phone, don't and you're putting it on DB Sport, don't hold it vertical, hold it horizontal, or else your DB coach ends up looking like a short offensive line coach um, <laughs> here. But all it is is basically he's got his foot and he puts it out total of three times. First two again, they're working on the big eyes, little hands aspect being nice and tight, and then the third one, they take the ball off the foot. Um, So kind of the coaching one here, 37. You can see great stance, weight loaded. Good first step here. I don't know if this is – this is getting weird and choppy for me right now. Um, Hope it's not too bad on your end. But – It's a little bit, but we're coming towards the end anyway, so we're good. We're good, Coach. Yep. Good first step here, drives through. Hand low. I would imagine those eyes are probably pretty big as he gets that one. And um, that was a good one for us. And this is just, um, you know, the, the blocking finisher. Nothing, nothing crazy there. But um, that's kind of what we got in terms of the big three for the other units. For kickoff, it's speed, squeeze, violence. Um, we want to be as fast as humanly possible getting out of the blocks excuse me, running, squeeze. We want to squeeze to the football. We relate to the football. We do not relate to blockers. We do not have, you know, lanes on the field. We find the damn football and hunt it, and we leverage it properly and all that stuff. But, you know, as the third one says, we're violent when we get to the ball. When we get within five to ten yards of the ball carrier, we're knocking blockers back and throwing them away, and then we're putting the ball in the ground. For kickoff return for us, and I am completely reworking this unit because it was bad, so I, I probably wouldn't even take any notes on this, and this is the one that I'm kind of struggling to remember right now, if I'm being honest with you, because, again, it's it's kind of been thrown in the trash and getting reworked here throughout the course of the offseason, but uh, I believe it was detail vision fight was, was what it was. So detail on our alignment, detail on who we're blocking, vision um, on our guy, um, vision in the right place so we can get in position to make the box and then fighting through it because, you know, as we all know, KOR, you know, is very rarely perfect um, and just very difficult blocks for a lot of different guys. So being able to fight through it and figure out a way to get the job done, um, those were our big three there. But like I said, um, you know, three of our four units have been very good to us here. KOR has not been. We've stunk. Um, so we're kind of on the uh, – we're in the – we're in the testing phase of figuring out where we want to go with that unit coming up, but we're going to go back to the lab, go back to the drawing board and find a, find a good solution for it. I have a few things in mind right now, but shoot, it's going to be another eight or nine months until we play. So, 
you know, I'm, I'm leaving, leaving things open and, and seeing if I find something else that, that tickles my fancy even more. Well, Coach, I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate you talking fourth down mentality. Um, again, coaches, if you want to get out, uh, reach out to Coach G. Um, his Twitter, Teams Talk Twitter, uh, Teams Talks, um, website for the certification, uh, his link to his YouTube channel, all that stuff will be in the bio. Um, I know Coach is pulling it back up on the screen. Um, like I said, some really good stuff with him and Coach Reinbold um, uh, on just kind of special teams from top to bottom. Um, and like I said, he's got several good clinics on his YouTube channel from when he did the team stop stuff done in the spring. Uh, check out the team's talk uh, Twitter page too because he posts drills, he retweets other various special teams related stuff that's just fantastic. Um, that he, he actually retweeted the, on time of us filming the um, Woody Blevins video on um, his um, little start of his meeting, uh, God, what was like two weeks ago, um, as of today. So two weeks prior to December 3rd. Um, so yeah, just make sure you reach out to Coach. Coach is fantastic. Uh, Coach, thank you again. Yeah, appreciate you having me on. Like I said, any opportunity to talk football um, is definitely welcome right now.